0: The Big 12 tournament is right around the corner. And after Texas Tech missed out on a share of the regular season title, they will try and redeem themselves in Kansas City. What do the Red Raiders need to do to turn their chances around? We'll talk about it coming up on today's Locked on Texas Tech.
1: You are Locked on Texas Tech. Your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Welcome to Locked On Texas Tech, a member of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you have not subscribed to our channel, please do so today. It would help us out a ton. I'm Ryan Mainville. I cover Texas Tech for the Dallas Morning News. I'm joined by Emery Lida, a longtime Texas Tech analyst, writer, and podcaster. Today, we are going to be taking a look at the Big 12 Tournament. It's a realm that Texas Tech has not played great in historically, but maybe after a little bit of a rough ending to the season, they'll try and turn their chances around in Kansas City this season. Today's episode is brought to you by Run Your Pool. March Madness is here, and Run Your Pool has a better way to create your bracket. RunYourPool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. Emery, we, we're we here, man. It, it's the postseason already. Feels kind of crazy to be talking about the Big 12 tournament, but uh, bracket dropped a couple of days ago after conference play ended. Texas Tech finds themselves third in the conference, meaning they will go against the six-seed Iowa State on Thursday at 8.30 p.m. Central. Before any of that, just taking a look at the first couple of matchups that are already set for Thursday, you got Texas TCU. Baylor, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, Iowa State, and then Kansas against the winner of K State or West Virginia. Obviously, no Oklahoma State in this year's Big Twelve tournament due to their postseason ban. What do you make of these first couple
1: of matchups? Just looking across the Big Twelve, it's an intriguing bracket because you have the first first matchup. For one, it's kind of sad that Oklahoma State's not in Kansas City because having the Oklahoma having both the Oklahoma teams and just being able to have a full 10 team bracket sort of adds the excitement. It makes Wednesday night more important. But first off, I mean, the West Virginia, Kansas state matchups, a good way to get things started. Nigel Pack, if you remember back to last year, had a really good big 12 tournament showing, especially in the game against Baylor in which I think they fell short, but overall, like this is a good bracket. You start out with the game on Wednesday night. You've got really some intriguing set matchups already. I think TCU, Texas TCU gets a chance to really avenge the, loss that they had on their, their home court that sort of was probably the low point of their season. You've got Chris Beard as well trying to win a Big 12 tournament matchup, which is not an easy feat for him, apparently. You've got Baylor facing Oklahoma. I mean, and then obviously Tech and Iowa State. I mean, in general, the first, rap, the first few matchups, all of them are intriguing storylines. I think that for me, the first night watching Kansas State probably kind of playing for their tournament lives and the same token, West Virginia as well. But just being able to see that dynamic backcourt and potentially getting a rematch of the Sunflower showdown, like there's a lot of really fun storylines from this week in Kansas City. And I think that, I mean, obviously you have most of your tournament sort of outlook set up. I mean, obviously Baylor and Kansas are sort of set in stone as top two seeds. You've got Tech firmly in the field. You've got Texas firmly in the field and in the top four seeds. And then you've got TCU and Iowa State who are very well on the right side of the bubble at this point, going to be top nine seeds or so in the tournament. And then basically it's everyone else fighting for their lives. If they don't win and don't get into the conference championship tournament or final and don't win the final, probably not making it. So it's a rare position where you don't really have anyone on the bubble per se, but still in terms of just a pure basketball watching, it's going to be fun to watch the sorts of matchups.
0: Yeah, it's a really intriguing bracket, as you mentioned. I mean, the Big 12 is generally always pretty competitive, but this season has obviously just been unprecedented in the amount of talent, especially at the top of the Big 12 and in the middle. It it can really be anybody's night um, on any given night, and I think these first couple of matchups are really, really intriguing to me. I'm specifically really watching that Texas TCU game. I think that TCU... Um, would do a lot of good for itself to to win a game or two in Kansas City. And so I'll imagine that they will come out with a little bit of grit and a chip on their shoulders. Um, obviously, that Kansas State team, man, something just feels really, really intriguing about them and just watching them play throughout the course of the season. I could see them giving Kansas a little bit of a run. Obviously, don't think that the Wildcats will eventually come out on top, but that will be a fun game to watch as well if they do end up beating West Virginia, which I imagine they will. Baylor-Oklahoma is a pretty interesting matchup. I think that Baylor will probably win that with relative ease, um, and and that might end up being better for Texas Tech if Texas Tech ends up beating Iowa State, considering that uh, the Red Raiders swept Baylor this year, but somehow lost by 15 to Oklahoma. So very, very interesting dynamic on this year's bracket. I do think that really out of most of the viable options, like Texas Tech was probably going to be first through fourth in in this bracket. Um, A couple of weeks ago, it looked like that's what could happen. Really just a ton of variance happening at the top of the conference. And I think avoiding Kansas State, it is good for this team. Like I, I generally do think that I don't think that you want to see that team again. Um, And obviously if, if these two teams end up in the finals then then you will, but um, Baylor, I mean, Texas tech has swept them. It feels like you have to like, just imagine that that's a, that's a favorable matchup to some degree for Texas tech. Um, I'm glad that the red Raiders are not playing TCU again. And so I feel like out of all the options, I feel like Iowa State is a good draw for Texas Tech.
1: Yeah, the other thing about Kansas State that I'm just not looking at is they have been really good in Kansas City. You have to go all the way back to 2015 for the last time they didn't win a game in the conference tournament. And I think they're up there with Iowa State in terms of relative to expectations, doing the best in conference tournament Maybe that has to do with the proximity to Kansas City and kind of getting a little bit of a home court edge in that sense. But, I mean, Kansas State, I don't think they're a good matchup for Tech. And I also think that knowing how they've done in conference tournaments, and if there's one thing Bruce Weber is apparently good at, it is winning and doing well in the conference tournament. So for Tech to be able to avoid Kansas State is a good thing. I guess the flip side of that is traditionally Iowa State's probably been the best team in the conference in terms of pulling conference tournament championships out of – out of thin air in some ways. I mean, they've had seasons where they've been kind of fourth or fifth in the big 12, like in 2019, for example, and been able to make a run and win the conference tournament. And I mean, I think that's something to watch out for, but this Iowa state team is different than a lot of those teams. And certainly it's a completely different identity. So you're mainly just looking at kind of the brand reputation that they have. And certainly on the basketball court, I think tech matches up better with Iowa state than any other matchup they could have gotten short of playing West Virginia. I mean, you're really talking about out of all of the teams that have a realistic shot at winning a game or two. I mean, Iowa State's easily the best matchup for Tech because Oklahoma, you had Emoji Gibson in the first matchup. TCU and Kansas State, you don't want to be playing them right now. They're both, they've are they both been kind of hot, and they've had, had Tech's number in the last couple weeks, even if Tech was able to close out the K-State game. And then obviously, like any of the other, t- other teams you're talking about, Baylor, Kansas, or Texas, that's just going to be a dogfight against another top-level team. So facing off against Iowa State is probably the best-case scenario. I think that looking at the rest of the bracket, it's interesting to see because feasibly you've got TCU, which is coming off of probably their best week of the season until they lost to West Virginia. You've got Kansas, who has been on a little bit of a slide recently in terms of quality of play, and I know that the results haven't necessarily bared that out, but they've been in some close games lately lately. And you've got K-State, which is obviously going to be the underdog fighting for their lives on that side of the bracket, and Texas and Chris Beard, who, I mean, if we're going to take his tenure at Tech, really didn't have that much success in conference tournaments. So that entire upper side of the bracket is kind of a bit of an unknown, and just how teams are going into this, this stretch of the season and how they end up playing is sort of about as questionable as it comes. And then the bottom half, I mean, you've got Baylor, who's probably the most dependable team in this tournament right now, and then... Oklahoma, another team fighting for their lives. So really, I mean, this is a tournament where I would not be surprised if seven or eight of the nine teams had a reasonable shot of, of at least advancing to the final. And also, I think all pretty much every team could lose in their first game they play.
0: Absolute anarchy, as the Big 12 usually is. But in this tournament, it feels like there's just going to be chaos. I want to talk a little bit more about what Texas Tech needs to do for their tournament seeding. But first, a quick word. From Stat Hero, I love March Madness and bracket contests, but I can't remember the last time I actually went deep and won any money. I'm hedging my bets this year with Stat Hero. Stat Hero's NCAA single pickums pit the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. Stat Hero gives you the advantage, resulting in their games winning four times more often. Why? Because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you are going up against. Stat Hero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports fix. The simple, sleek gameplay will have you playing in minutes. This is what Daily Fantasy was meant to be, Stat Hero. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. Be sure to check out the Locked On bracket breakdown March 14th right here on the Locked On Texas Tech podcast feed and YouTube channel. College basketball experts Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and betting expert Lee Sterling give you in-depth breakdowns on every matchup. Before Texas Tech makes it to the NCAA tournament, they've got to get through the Big 12 tournament, which, as we mentioned, is looking like an absolute gauntlet right now. Emory, I know that there's a lot of talk, a lot of concern about Texas Tech seeding right now, especially after going, what was it, one and two in your last three games to close out the season, two bad losses that I think they're both Q1, but two two games that you probably should have won. Um, I know that a lot of people are worried that Texas Tech is going to find itself on the four line now. uh First off, I guess we can just go ahead and start there. I know that you've kind of been a proponent of Texas Tech being seeded a little bit better than it seems. Where do you think that they'll seed right now before even looking ahead to the Big 12 tournament? What would you have them on?
1: I would have them as literally the last team on the three line. I think that you're, you're talking about kind of thin margins here. And certainly, I mean, you've had teams around you again I mentioned this last week when we were talking about the same thing but teams around you have been making mistakes as well and been losing games that they really need to I mean look at Wisconsin just two days ago losing to Nebraska at home that's by far a much worse loss than anything Tech has done all season and yet we're not seeing the backlash about oh Wisconsin is going to drop a full seed line and a half for it and I mean it At this point, Tech is right there in the mix of probably a good six or seven teams. And even, I mean, Duke lost at home this week to UNC. You know, that's a a borderline Q1, Q2 loss. Um, We didn't hear the whole, Tech. Duke is going to drop off the two line and just worried about being a three. Like, if you take a week and a half ago, Tech's resume was easily that of a two seed, right? We looked at that. Literally no comparable team had ever finished off of the two line with that sort of resume you've added two Q1 losses and one Q2 win since then. Now is that ideal? No. And it sure, certainly is led to tech dropping, but some of the overreactions just kind of need to stop because we're one Q1 away, win away from really being more or less similar to where you were before the Oklahoma state loss. And that was firmly on the three line. So I still think this is a three seed as long as they don't lose in the first game against Iowa state. If they do, it's going to be more dependent on the success around them. But as of now, I think they're right on that three-line edge. I tend to think that they're more on the favorable, favorable side of things.
0: I think people were a little distracted about something else to really take note of uh, Duke's home loss.
1: Yeah, I mean, no clue what that could be. Yeah,
0: I'm sure you're uh, really proud of yourself for working in a, a UNC win into this episode. But uh, yeah, man, I'm with you. I think Texas Tech right now... They're close, but I think they're on they're on the three line right now. I, I would say that I think you you've got to win a game in Kansas City. I don't I don't think that you'll drop if you lose to Iowa State, but you've got to you've got to get a win to just feel good about yourself here and, and give yourself some breathing room. Um, who knows what's going to happen across the country over the other conference tournaments? And so it, it's kind of been what it has been for Texas Tech for most of the the end of the season. They've controlled their own destiny. Uh, That that has not gone well the last 10 days, Um, and I think they have a chance to right the ship here, and I I think that Iowa State is a really, really good matchup to do it in because I I just think that Texas Tech matches up well with this team. I think we've seen that twice now in conference season, even when uh, the Red Raiders only had two reserves available. I thought that they played really, really well. Um, If Baylor advances, and so does Texas Tech, How do you feel about these two teams matching up on a neutral court, especially after Texas Tech swept them in the regular season?
1: I'm a little bit concerned because if you're talking about a Baylor team that will have been playing in their second game in two days, I think there's two sides of it. So on one hand, Baylor has less depth at this point than what Tech has, and that will play in a Tech's favor. Being able to not really run those guys as hard, Certainly you also have the real like minuscule impact of playing two hours later than what Tech or than what Baylor will on Thursday night. That should play into it. But I mean, generally speaking, you won twice against Baylor in the regular season. That wasn't a fluke. But Baylor's style of play and being very guard dependent, a lot of times in these sorts of tournaments, when you have fatigue sort of setting in, it's tends to fall a little bit more on the guards. Now I don't think it's a strong enough feeling to sort of sway the matchup one way or the other, but I will say that you've beaten them twice. Beating a team three times is pretty hard to do in one season. I know that it's been statistically disproven, but at the same time, this is kind of a unique situation where you're talking about two games that could have gone either way. I mean, tech had a really good second half in love, like probably the best half they had all season. And in Waco, it was a close game going one way or the other. So this isn't like your normal sweep where you have two teams that are like way different from one another. This is a closely matched game analytically. And just given that, I would say that slight edge would be to Baylor, but it's certainly a game that's how I can win. It's not going to be like they're going to be coming in as heavy underdogs. And I mean, it's all going to come down to just variance and how the big 12 tournament plays out. Like, I'm, I mean, I don't really have a strong enough feeling one way or the other on that matchup to feel like it's going to be something where I can accurately predict this far ahead.
0: What would you put the percentage chance at that Oklahoma beats Baylor in that first round matchup? Twenty three point six percent. Okay. Are, yeah, are I mean, you I, viewing
1: that, or is that is that your actual guess? No, it's just a random guess. Oh, okay. You know, not quite twenty four percent. I think. Um, I. And on a serious note, I think Oklahoma has a chance, but I don't think they match up particularly well with Baylor. Both of the matchups that they had in the first part of the season were um, kind of some of the more comfortable games that Baylor played in that stretch. Because if you you remember, Baylor was kind of in a little bit of, of a funk in both matchups, both kind of around the matchup. And I mean, I think that Baylor essentially does a lot of what Oklahoma does well, but they just have better pieces. They've got the versatile forwards, they've got the three-headed guard trio, and obviously Oklahoma lost one of their guards in Harkless, but I actually think that that's a matchup that probably favors Baylor, but you have to say that sort of the desperation from Oklahoma is going to play a bit of a part in that.
0: Are you being honest when you tell me that you just pulled that number out of thin
1: air? Yeah, I'm being completely honest. <laughs> is there <a> T-Rank,
0: significant... <laughs> T-Rank has Oklahoma at a 24% chance of winning this game. <laughs>
1: I swear I did not look at it. All right, Stat
0: Wizard. Well, uh yeah, the chances will be high that if Texas Tech advances, uh they've got a, a 76% chance or uh 75.7. I can't even remember what you said. My mind is so blown right now of uh playing Baylor instead of Oklahoma, but Texas Tech obviously got to take care of business against Iowa State first. Want to take a quick look around the conference. See what teams have the most to lose or the most to gain in Kansas City. But first, a quick word from Run Your Pool. March Madness is just over one week away. That means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual or are you looking for the best? We've done our homework here and we're running brackets with RunYourPool.com. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor or Pickaxe. They have options to edit scoring, and they offer more intel to make your picks. All stuff you're not going to find at ESPN or CBS. Clearly, we believe Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves. There's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize, join us at runyourpool.com. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land. Betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Betonline remains the best spot for all of your sources for hockey, boxing, and USC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. online, where the game starts. Talking Big 12 tournament in Kansas City, a uh, lot of interesting teams in this one, as we've mentioned. A lot of interesting matchups. Looking up and down the board at these nine teams, which team would you say has the most to lose in Kansas City? Essentially... What team needs to do whatever it takes to win as many games as possible?
1: Okay, so most to lose, if you're looking at this overall, Kansas State, Oklahoma, and West Virginia have to win the tournament. If they don't win the tournament, more than likely, they're not making the NCAA tournament. So if you're looking at it holistically, yeah, they all have everything to lose if they don't win. But the flip side is they're not expected to win either. So it's kind of... Desperation, they're like hanging on to just one grain of being able to make the tournament. So, I wouldn't say that they necessarily have the most to lose. So, for that answer, I would go with Kansas. I think if they lose in the first two rounds, they're putting their one seed at risk. Certainly, if they lose to Kansas State or West Virginia on day one of the tournament, they're going to be on the two line because the margins between them and teams like Kentucky and Auburn are very thin. So, that sort of loss is the type that would knock them down. Half a seed line, which is all it's going to take, and I would say they have the most to lose um, because I think pretty much everyone else is either entrenched in an area that is going to be hard to move them out of, or it's going to be difficult to knock them a seed line just off of losing a Q one game. And I think that's just where Kansas is kind of the rare case of where they are not really entrenched in their seeding, and they're playing a team where they kind of have to win to avoid falling down. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I just ran a T-Rank's Big 12 tournament simulator in the bottom three teams, West Virginia, Kansas State, Oklahoma. Those are the three teams with the lowest chance to find themselves holding up the Big 12 championship after this weekend. Um, Obviously, I I think Oklahoma is really a team that needs a couple of wins, uh, probably even a, a finals appearance to feel really good about themselves. Um, but that's a that's a very very difficult road to go down for them. A lot of tough matchups. Not not an easy thing to do, especially with kind of how up and down they've been. But that Kansas pick is actually really interesting. Um, Kansas does have the second best odds to win the championship, uh, second only to Baylor, actually, which is pretty interesting. But uh, I I think that the the home court it is a little bit of a factor. I think that that's a really interesting thing and maybe even something that... hmm, I don't know if this is fair to say, but maybe even something that the committee would slightly consider um, if Kansas were to lose in the first or second round. And that just demerits a loss all the more and makes it look more embarrassing. But I also do think that a team that could use um, a win or two could actually be Texas. And the reason for that is because... That would mean a win over TCU and then probably a win over Kansas. Um, and, and those would be two wins that this team could really, really use. I think they're at like the four line, the four or five line right now. Um, that Those could be two wins that could really help this team out. But um, I don't really care, and I don't think that they can beat Kansas. Uh, have they beat Kansas this year?
1: Yeah, they, they just lost in the fog. Yeah, they won the Monday night game in Austin.
0: Mm. Yeah, well, they're not going to beat them twice.
1: Yeah, I would not put my money on Texas for doing anything this season. I mean, they've been really inconsistent. And, I mean, first off, I wouldn't put my money on Chris Beard doing anything in the Big 12 tournament. I mean, you're talking about a guy that literally won one game despite having a team that was in the top half of the conference for over half of his time here. So anyways though i mean i i think that's a good pick i think texas is a team that if they could win the big 12 tournament could put them right where tech is right being on the fringe of the three line or the four line and if they lose to tcu they don't really lose all that much you just sort of probably solidify them as a five seed so i guess they have a lot to gain but for me it's just about like their their resume is already kind of set in stone you've had a fair amount of Q1 wins you've got five of them they don't really don't have another chance for a bad loss and they've only had one Q2 loss the whole year so for me Texas is is a team that has one of the more entrenched uh, resumes sort of similar to Tech in a way just kind of like one seed line down and losing a TCU would not be the end of the world for them because it's still a Q1 loss it's a loss against a team that has been Pretty hot. And then, in the same way that Tech losing to Iowa State certainly would hurt some, but it's not the absolute end of the world. But for me, I look at it more of you're looking at teams, a lot of them have been either on a hot streak or a cold streak as of late. You've got TCU that had been hot until they faced West Virginia on Saturday. You had Baylor, who's been really hot the last few games and kind of closing out and sort of finding a way to share the Big 12 title. And then you've got teams like Kansas and tech who've kind of just been skating by the last couple of weeks so for me i think the style of play and the ability to play well is just as important as the actual resume outcomes because we know that outside of those three aforementioned teams that need a lot of help in the tournament to be able to get to the instantly tournament most every other team is generally on about the line that they're going to end up and obviously the results might change one line or so but we've seen in conference tournaments in the past they don't move the needle as much as I feel like some people make them out to you. So I think it's as important to focus on just the stylistic element of how teams are playing in this as anything, because more than likely if the tournament goes anywhere near chalk, you're not going to see much of a change in the resumes or the bracket and how it's impacted.
0: We'll close with this. Is there anything specific that you're looking at really for any team uh, going into the next weekend, just taking a look at, any teams that are potentially moving up a line, any teams that have guys that you're interested in watching, just anything that you've got your eye on uh, these next couple of days in Kansas City?
1: Well, I want to see, first off, I'm going to go on kind of a day-by-day basis. So Wednesday, I'm interested to see if Kansas State can take care of us against West Virginia. I think that if they keep up with the scoring, they've been able to find in the second half of the season offensively, they're going to be a dangerous team. And certainly, I would take them any day over West Virginia. Thursday, I think the TCU Texas battle is going to be really intriguing because TCU's been the hotter team as of late, but they're also a team that Texas dominated on the on TCU's home court earlier on in the season, and that was really kind of a down point for TCU. And so, being able to kind of exercise those demons and be able to get come away with the win is going to be interesting to watch. And then Friday and Saturday, I mean, you have the potential to have a Kansas Texas and baylor texas tech final four in the conference and i think that's going to give you a lot of in insightful analysis in terms of what those teams are capable of coming into the tournament and obviously conference tournaments aren't the end-all be-all we've seen teams that have lost in the first round of the conference tournament and made it all the way to monday night losing in overtime so anything can happen but certainly you get a good sense of what the teams especially playing at the top are going to be able to do Especially when you're facing top ten teams like a Baylor or like a Kansas. And I think that goes not only for tech, but also other teams in the conference, like a TCU or like a Texas. That I mean we've seen them go through the gauntlet, but this is really when things pick up. This is when you need to have those sorts of strategies down. And so for a team like Texas or TCU or Texas Tech, this really can affirm or sort of make you really skeptical of how your team's gonna be able to do when you have to face off against those one or two seeds in the NCAA tournament.
0: I'll keep it texas tech specific one thing I'm looking for is Kevin McCuller healthy enough to play um and he he may not play even I if he's, he's healthy enough you would sit him
1: i would sit if I was in charge of this team, I would sit him for the big show tournament. just allows you an extra the benefit of a week to rest McCuller and make sure he's healthy is greater than like half a seed line movement one way or the other,
0: and I'll say this even if he's healthy enough to go through warmups in Kansas city and and just get some work in, I I'm really curious about his injury status. It it feels very murky. um, And and I just don't really know where he's at. And so uh, just seeing him go through warmups, even uh, it could potentially be a pitfall for me to read too much into things, but uh, it, I think it would be very relieving for a lot of Texas Tech fans to just see that he's healthy enough to do at least some sort of basketball related activity on that ankle right now.
1: Yeah, I would take it a, further, a step further. And I would say that if TJ's back is still kind of bothering him, which it was last week, I mean, he didn't play much against Kansas State. And I mean, we've seen that flare up at times. I would really debate maybe taking a week and giving him the week off on resting. I know it makes you a little bit shorthanded. But that's a roster that you've been able to win games with in conference play, and certainly, like I think, on one hand, like you want to have those guys out there and being able to figure out the rotation. But if you're having to put minutes limit minute limits on guys, and you've got guys that aren't fully healthy, how much does it really help you to have them out there? And that's not that's not for me and for a second saying that they're a liability. I think that even when he's kind of banged up, TJ's still a positive. But if you're looking at what this team needs to do coming into the tournament, having those guys as healthy and as rested as possible, I think is more important than any sort of one game win that you're going to be able to find in this tournament.
0: Yeah, health is going to be really, really important to monitor uh, these next couple of days. And it really just all comes down to philosophy. What What are you trying to do in this tournament and how badly do you need to do it? Um, really interesting to, to monitor and I'm interested to see what Mark Adams ends up doing with his guys until we see that be sure to follow and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a review. If you can, you can keep up with us on Twitter. You can follow me at our LBK. You can follow Emery at eraser 41, and you can follow the official locked on Texas tech Twitter page at locked on T T U. We will be back tomorrow to take an official look at Iowa State, talk about how Texas Tech can pick up its second win against the Cyclones. But until then, thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you tomorrow.